Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second installment of Dangerous World Podcast Mind Control Series, where I'm going to get into some of the aspects of how the Nazis did that slow boil, that frog in the pot, slowly boiling analogy that we all have grown to know and love. Ron brings it up because I do talk with Ron from New England in this episode, and I also talk a little bit with um, New York Patriot from Occult Rejects podcast as well. Um, kind of doing something a little different on this one too, just because this is a fun kind of idea to really dissect and to get all in to that crazy shit. Um, you know, the first one, I laid down the psychology aspect of mind control, tying back to Wilhelm Wundt and the Prussian school system. And I wanted to build off of that not getting quite into MK Ultra yet, although I will name some names that funded the program that is infamous in the CIA and that the Clintons apologized for in the 90s. Very, very interesting stuff. And I do really encourage anyone that is even halfway interested in conspiracy theories or just interested in what the fuck is going on in the world right now to really learn more and more about mind control. Again, basing a lot of my research off of uh, Jim Keith's book, Mind Control, World Control, a uh, encyclopedia of mind control. It's a very, very fascinating book, all kinds of information. I'm about halfway through it at this point. And you're getting, after this episode is done, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you'll be about a third of the way through. I've got probably at least three more episodes to do on mind control just to wrap up the entire idea of the book i do have a helper in this episode the infamous conor mcgregor episode that seemed to have gotten some serious uh love and hate on both sides but you know to the people that don't like that kind of information about their idols if your idol is raping and pillaging then maybe you're on the wrong side of history fuck face okay it's not a big deal if you like Conor McGregor, I used to like Conor McGregor. I mentioned it. And, you know, it's fine. It's fine if you did. Maybe you're under some mind control. Maybe you have been duped. Okay. Uh, so, Kim, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Great. Great interview uh, right there so far. This is going to go well, I'm what? sure. What? I didn't do anything. No, I know. You're doing fine. Um, I, I know you always get a little nervous, but you bring really interesting research. And what you're going to talk about towards the end of the episode specifically is Sherry Schreiner, who did her own sort of mind control over some people that were really following her in the YouTube world. And she was really good at sort of laying down the workings of podcasts. Yeah, she's like an old school conspiracy theorist. 
she was like one of the OGs that like started it. And so it's kind of creepy to know that she's dead now, supposedly. Yeah. So when she died in 2018 or. Yeah. Supposedly she died in 2018. Yes. And then her website continued to run until 2020. And I wanted to start a conspiracy theory that deplorable Janet was uh, Sherry Shriner, but we're not going to do that. I asked her. She was like, eh. She didn't seem like she was too excited about it. I thought it was hilarious. I think they just sound similar, so I don't know. Well, and to be clear, we love Janet. She's Very much. Janet's a sweet lady. She's very sweet, and she's very talented, very, very knowledgeable in her craft. So to be clear, uh, Janet is not Sherry Shriner. But, I mean, you know, it'd be a fun, fun idea to kick that idea around. But 100% not Sherry Shriner. So with that being said, guys, housekeeping is always up front here. And uh, I'm not going to drag it out as usual. We got long, long episodes for all of these mind control, uh, you know, uh, installments. Patreon subscribers make these episodes happen 100%. I would not continue doing this podcast without the Patreon subscribers. Whether you're giving three, five, or ten dollars, you're really making the show happen, guys. Go to patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. If you feel so inclined to hear not only full episodes, you get weekly rants from none other than myself, which I try to really break down um, modern current events that are more on the conspiratorial side while just kind of bitching about everything that's going on because there's a lot to complain about. So um, that's under that $5 tier. You also get archives. You get the previous, I should say the first 69 episodes. I did that on purpose. Classy. I know. And I'm going to be adding more uh, into that as well with the help of my old co-host, Brandon, who is doing great uh, for anyone that is uh, you know curious about how he's doing. Some of you love him. Some of you hate him. But, uh, you know, he really did uh, help start the podcast. So. How's his mustache doing? I hope it's dead, honestly. That's the one thing that I hope I never see again is that mustache on his fucking face. But, uh, no, yeah, very uh, very handsome guy without a mustache. And I just wish that he tries to look Mexican because he's part of the camp that white people are bad. He looks like a sailor. <laughs> Like well, he was. Man. I know. That's. I know. I don't think he looks like a sailor. He looks like a butt pirate. I know. That's the. He looks like a, <laughs> a seaman. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. You know. I love Brandon with all my heart, man. He's a great guy. And yeah. No. He's doing great though, and he seems uh, happy. He actually reached out to me the other day, right when I was thinking, like, shit. I hope that he'll reach out. Like, I hope I don't have to be the guy that's like fucking constantly reaching out to this dude. But yeah, no. He reached out to me. He wants to do lunch. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, some things. I actually want to have him on because he's really been looking into the uh, death of that Haitian president. Um, and, and yeah, it'd be fun to to get him back on for a little reunion episode. I definitely want to have him on around Christmas time. Uh, that will be the uh, earliest, I think, that you'll see Brandon back on. But I, I definitely, uh, you know, we're we're on good terms. He just had to quit because he's going back to school. He's, he's furthering that indoctrination. Are you guys going to exchange Christmas gifts? I don't think so. We usually Aww. don't. No, I mean, we usually don't. We haven't in forever. There's no need to force it. But anyway, um, <laughs> the Patreon, guys, I, I, I appreciate you guys very much. And and if you're getting spammed right now with the Patreon, it's because I'm organizing it. So whenever you add a new tag onto the show, it will uh, apparently email people. One, my boy Matt uh, from the Disney episode and a few other episodes 
told me I was spamming him, and it's not intentional uh, at weird. all. So every time you change something, like any kind of format on the yeah. site, it just like sends out a beacon to every person. That's yeah. Weird. Well, I mean, it, it makes sense, but at the same time, I'm going to see if I can turn that off before I continue editing. But I'm yeah. organizing the Patreon. So anyway, enough of the Patreon, guys. I appreciate you all very, very much. DangerousWorldStore.com is the website, but I appreciate you guys buying those very, very inexpensive shirts, seventeen dollars and seventy six cents. For a top-notch T-shirt, that Government is the Virus shirt is a crowd-pleaser. A lot of people seem to like it. Available in green and pink right now. Sizes small through 2X. And last but not least, I still think Manscaped is on board, so I'm going to promote them until my connect over there uh, tells me to leave their name out of their mouth. (laughs) Until they send you a cease and desist. Yeah, and they're like, dude, (laughs) you're talking about pedophilia and government raping. We don't want our name attached to it at all. So the whole thing with Manscaped, guys, they've got that lawnmower 4.0, the care package 4.0, where in that care package, you get the lawnmower, fourth generation with the ceramic blade, 7,000 RPM motor, and that weed whacker, dude. The weed whacker cleans out your nose hairs and ears hairs, which luckily I've mentioned. I don't have ear hairs. I have plenty of nose hairs, though. It looks like a shrub fest. You have both of those things. I don't have ear hairs. (laughs) You can't see them. Well, I I mean, no one's told me I have ear hairs. No one's going to be like, dude, you have ear hairs. Would you like me to braid them for you? Do I have ear hairs? I mean, come on. Yeah. Inside my ear. Yeah, dude. No, I don't. (laughs) I literally don't have any ear. I've checked. I literally look and I see that there is no fucking ear hairs in my ear. I've seen like in high school, there was a dude that was hitting on a girl that I liked back then that had massive ear hairs. And I pointed it is out. Is that the only thing you can find wrong with him? <laughs> uh, he, he was hitting on a girl you liked and he had massive ear hairs. Well, he was also Mexican. So that was two strikes. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm I'm a quarter Mexican. So I can say those kinds of things. But no. In all reality, man, Manscaped is a phenomenal company. Um, the Not only are the two major products that they sell, the Weed Whack and the Lawnmower, phenomenal. You've also got all kinds of lotions. You've got the ball toner that will turn those pendulous, saggy nads that look like dried up raisins into full-size grapes. And they look nice and tight. Uh, very good uh, setup that, they, that you can do there. Foot deodorant, ball deodorant soap the soap after a promo code danger is only like seven bucks i think um so again that promo code is danger d-a-n-g-e-r in all caps that'll get you 20 percent off and free shipping you cannot beat that with a stick i'm telling you danger is the promo code okay manscape.com they fight testicular cancer uh i mean you, you can't go wrong with a company like these guys man awesome awesome stuff over there so thank you manscape for what you do for the podcasting world and for just kind of sticking your neck out for growing podcasts like dangerous world and remember dangerous world's not going to stop for pro- stop promoting you until you send a cease and desist yeah uh <laughs> i mean it's a fact and it, it's going to be i just enjoy um you know promoting uh great companies like that honestly i mean i'm not even i'm not that's what makes you smell good you smell good sometimes that's the manscape yeah. stuff yeah yeah i mean i sweat a lot at work so it's a it's a struggle my day-to-day life and plus i'm i'm a six foot two uh almost 300 pound man 240 I'm, I'm leveled off at 240 i'm trying to lose more weight but i'm right around 240 and it's gonna it's gonna be a struggle to drop down to 230 but you know uh m- real men way above 200 pounds i will say that all day yeah, so yes sir i'm wide and tall but uh you know i i carry my weight well i think i don't look fat 
Yeah, well, I don't look fat is my point. So shut up. Let me finish this, okay? My point here is Manscaped, 20% off. Danger is the promo code. Okay, free shipping as well. Let's move on. You already said that. <laughs> well, yeah, you've got to plug it a few times. This is how podcasting works. No, You're I fucking me up. So it. with that being said, I want to get into this meat of this episode, okay? We're going to talk about a few things. Uh, Ron is going to be on in just a second here talking about how the Nazis really mastered propaganda and it really laid the groundwork of how we are doing it today here in the U.S. And when I say we, I mean the United States government. And then New York Patriot comes on and it uh, kind of talks a little bit about how the occult world taps into the mind control as well because these mind controlled people in the secret societies lay somewhere in the middle of the pyramid of that hierarchical pyramid where you've got the leaders on the top the secret societies are somewhere to the lower to i mean they're somewhere in the middle whether it's the lower middle or the top middle um they're they're definitely above the average everyday citizens who are not enlightened whatsoever and have no connections um, but these guys are meant to kind of rise through the ranks of those societies and implement mind control on a wider scale, whether it be through pop culture, whether it be through churches, whether it be through schools or whatever the case may be. These people really uh, are tapped into in order to uh, you know, create this this very, very deep and wide mind control structure. And it's fascinating. I mean, like I've really enjoyed looking into Jim Keith's book here. Um, and I hope, like I said, I hope that this, if nothing else, I hope that this just inspires more people to look into mind control. Cause I think it is absolutely, I don't think I know that it's being implemented on a mass world wide scale right now. The, the fucking world is a stage for these people. And it seems to be so clear um, when you actually kind of look at the ties, especially back to Nazi supporting Nazi sympathizing type people. So I want to talk about the shock troops right now before we get into run. Um, it, I think it'll lay a, a nice little foundation here. And like when you think of shock troops, like right away, you'll think maybe of like pop culture icons like these Justin Bieber types, uh, Demi Lovato, you know, who I mentioned earlier. Um, not in this episode, just like off, uh, off recording, um, fucking Britney Spears, Lady Gaga, these people that do weird shit. I mean, Britney Spears shaved her fucking head. That was shocking. Right. But this isn't what shock troops are. The shock troops are actually these leaders of the institutes like Tavistock and believe it or not, the world health organization and very, very influential government policy making institutions. So in 1944, when World War II was like just about to end, I mean, World War II ended in 1945, but in 1944, there's this character, Lord Montague Norman, and he resigned from his position at the Bank of England because he was suffering. And I don't think it was only because he was suffering from mental problems, but he had pressure to resign. Sort of like Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, had to resign over his uh, rape allegations that are so rampant. Um, this, this guy, Lord Montague Norman resigns and he had been suffering constantly from mental problems, mental breakdowns. He was hospitalized several times while also being a major Hitler supporter. He was a major, major Nazi sympathizer. Okay. And this is when Hitler started to kind of take a downturn and the Nazis were starting to really sort of lose in 1944. 
Now, despite this, after he resigned, okay, after Norman resigned, he founded the uh, British National Institution. Uh, I'm sorry, the British National Association of Mental Health. Okay, really just renaming this National Council of Mental Hygiene. This was an established mental health organization, and this was really heavily promoting eugenics and promoting Hitler's ideals. I mean, eugenics, for those that you that, that may not know what it is, it's literally taking the smartest, the strongest, and making it possible for them to reproduce while making it impossible for, I mean, not in my words, but in theirs, like blacks or Mexicans or anything that is not ideal in their eyes and ideal in hitler's eyes was what blonde hair blue eyed right tall german fox that's what they wanted that was all that they wanted they did not want anything else and there is actually a high population of blonde hair blue eyed they they believe that like the anunnaki were blonde hair blue eyed um these uh atlanteans all of these alien beings the giants all these things were blonde hair blue eyed and this is what hitler thought and i mean like it never it never was uh it never kind of escaped my mind of why Hitler, who was brown hair, brown eyed, he wanted nothing but blonde hair, blue eyed, because he wouldn't be around if that was really the case. Right. So uh, just kind of like a self-hating individual Hitler was. And whether he was a Rothschild or not, we're not going to get into that in this episode. I believe he was. So despite what I just laid down there, Norman had to kind of rename his organization in order to compensate for eugenics unsavory odor if you will that hitler really kind of laid down after he lost if hitler would have won eugenics would have been popular that would have been the status quo that would have been normal for everyone to just kind of fall behind and be like yeah hitler won the fucking war eugenics is great we need to kill the retarded people we need to kill the black people the mexicans the gay people everyone that is not blonde hair, blue eyed, we get rid of them. And that would have been the popular idea. And that would have been what it was. Now, his new branding of the organization became a Tavistock Institute front, which if you are a Patreon subscriber, you know my takes on Tavistock. I laid down a very, very uh, great foundation of what the Tavistock Institute really is and what they stood for. Um, But this institution that Norman kind of rebranded was a a Tavistock front, and it was the leader of world psychiatry, not psychology, psychiatry, okay? Nazi supporters all around the world were deep in the NAMH, that National Association of Mental Health, and they had major roles in Britain. They funded, on record, Nazi war efforts to the tune of six million, six million, which is a ton of money back in the 40s, six million British pounds, in Czech gold. So this is not that fiat currency that we hate so much these days. $6 million in gold. So this shit appreciated over time. It didn't go down. It didn't, there's no one, it's not affected by inflation or anything like that. $6 million in Czech gold that was backing German Nazi occupy, occupy, like when they occupied Czechoslovakia is when they gave this to them. And it was really just a, here you guys go. You're doing great work. We're going to give you a shit ton of gold. Keep it up, right? I mean, it's fucked up. So after the war in 1948, an international congress on mental health in London was put together by Norman, okay? And it was promoted by the NAMH, that National Association of Mental Health, 
who was funded from the highest levels of the Freemasons, specifically this widow of the deceased Grandmaster and the mother of the new Grandmaster known as the Duchess of Kent. Okay, now this is uh, pretty interesting when you have Freemasons really at the top levels of this shit. Also, some heads of the Josiah Macy Foundation. Now, this is an interesting uh, little organization as well. This went on to be the main donor of the CIA MK Ultra program. Again, that's the Josiah Macy Foundation. And this Congress that Norman formed, okay, that was the head of this organization. The vice presidents are as follows. There were several vice presidents all at one time. Why do you need more than two or one vice president? I mean, I don't know. This is just like the Congress. So, I mean, I, I have no idea how it works. Uh, that's a great question because I don't know. But yeah, there were several vice presidents for this Congress, several high ranking members that all just kind of fucked around and, and all had the same title. I'm vice president number one. I'm vice president number two. I mean, that that may be kind of a simple way to look at it. But yeah, I mean, like with, with a Congress, I mean, everyone is ideally equal in power in congress right i mean you got like it, when yeah, the way i think so you have like a chairman the person who speaks in the front well so here like in the, the u.s we have like the bicameral thing where we got the senate and the house yeah but this is clearly different i mean i think that what it is like norman is the leader and then you've got all these vice presidents okay right. so the vice presidents are as follows and you'll see why this is so shady and why i'm mentioning this up front and why we're going to segue into a Nazi conversation with Ron from New England of Wicked Planet podcast, because all of these guys have the same agenda and it's clear here. So I won't be there. I'll have to listen to the Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. No, you have to listen to the episode. Just <laughs> just eat your food. But just relax. Okay? I'm eating a cookie. It's delicious. I know. Uh, so Congress of Mental Health Vice Presidents. We've got the Tavistock founder, Dr. Hugh Christian Miller, Tavistock founder. Okay. C.G. Young, or Carl Young, as some may know, is a blatant anti-Semitic psychiatrist based in Zurich, New, uh, Zurich, Switzerland. Okay, so you've got an anti-Semitic and a mind control expert so far. Dame Evelyn Fax, a major eugenicist supporter, a major, major sympathizer. She was like one of the, I mean, think of her as like, who's the chick that founded Planned Parenthood? Margaret Sanger. Um, I mean, these people are very, very fascinated with the idea of eugenics. Lord Thomas G.S. Holder, president of the Eugenics Society of Britain. Dr. Winfred Overhustler, which is a cool name, Overhustler. I was going to say, that's pretty legit. Yeah, Winfred Overhustler. Uh, High-ranking Freemason and German spy in the United States. Okay, so, I mean, the German ties. With a name like that, she's going to go places. Well, Winfred is a man, but, I mean, maybe you should just stop. Winfred? Winfred sounds like a woman's name. Winfred? No. Yeah, Winnie? No, just stop. Winfred sounds like a woman's name. I'm telling you, that's a woman's name. Winfred and the, or Winnie that's what you what's Winfred short for I mean women weren't allowed to be spies back then like, you're right think. okay you're, you're right my bad uh Dr. Alfred Frank Trengold member of Britain's health ministry on sterilization okay now this isn't even the worst of the bunch okay there's also Dr. G Brock Chrisholm who was the first director and head of none other than the World Health Organization, who is one of the most insidious mind control organizations today. See, don't trust any of them. I mean, it's just fucking crazy when you talk about like the first the first director of the WHO 
is part of this Congress on mental health. And all of the mental health is coming from eugenicists and Nazi sympathizers, anti-Semitic people. I mean, it's just, I mean, you can't write a fucking movie like yeah, this. Yeah, I picture I mean? them all in like a big, like, conference room, like stroking their top hats and greasy mustaches, like figuring out how to tie maidens to a train because they're evil. They're all from like pure, like, like yeah, almost cartoonish shady. evil. Like it's cartoony. It's, it, it is, it, it almost is like a, like a dark cartoon. But I mean, like, so this, uh, this G. Brock Chrisham, he famously stated that kids that trust their parents and their teachers are a menace to the world, really implying that right and wrong do not exist. That was what he was kind of getting at with this. And this is that World Federation of Mental Health. Okay, these are the founding members of this organization. If you want to check out their website, they do have a website these days. It's WFMH.global. It's WFMH.global. Check out their their ideas. It seems like a nice, fun, family friendly, fun and flirty little uh, website, but it's it's crazy. It's fucking flirty. Yeah, it's dark shit. Um, So, I mean, I gave you a a decent idea here of the founders of these really weird Nazi backed organizations that are trying to act like they want psychology and psychiatry to be a helpful industry. Um, but as Ron here is about to tell you, it's not the case. It was all about control. It was not about health ever. And you see people saying that today with COVID-19. So enjoy this talk that I have with Ron. It's about 40 minutes, I believe. And, uh, I mean, stay tuned. We, uh, we got a lot more for you here. All right, man. I mean, I got one of my favorite people in the podcasting game here to talk about something he's very, very knowledgeable about. Nazis, the Third Reich, that mind control and the propaganda that they were putting on their constituents, if you want to call them that. Um, but first of all, Ron, how the hell are you, man? It's good to be one on one for for once. Yeah, I'm doing good, Ryan. I know, you know, we we used to do a lot together, but now our lives are getting crazy and going in different different ways with our podcasts and stuff so yeah i've been looking forward to getting back with you i know you're big leaguing me dude you're catching up (laughs) well i don't know about that but but the show's doing well we're pretty happy with that yeah you're doing great man um i'm I'm excited to get into this because the nazis were extremely sophisticated when it came to their propaganda um goebbels i mean i have a few books on them i don't know if you've picked up this one yet nazis in the occult I probably have it. It's phenomenal. But you've got, I mean, these four key players. You've obviously got Hitler, got Goebbels or Goebbels, I think is how it's pronounced, right? And then uh, Himmler and then Goring. So you got all these these heavy hitters. There's four people. Goebbels seems to be like the main main guy, really. I think that Hitler was kind of enthralled even with Goebbels or Goebbels. How do you say it? Okay, so it's, it's, well, I pronounce it Goebbels. Okay. So, So like an R that doesn't exist. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so it's Joseph, Joseph Goebbels. Goebbels, uh, okay. jo- Joseph Goebbels was definitely one of Hitler's favorites. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was there from the very, absolute very beginning with Hitler. Uh, and this is, uh, and, and once he met Hitler in the early 20s, he was just completely sucked in by Hitler. Uh, there was a short period where he was kind of thinking that it was going in the wrong direction. But uh, after Hitler kind of, swooned him in and we, they had some one-on-ones that changed his mind and then after reading Mein Kampf 
that really sealed the deal for for Joseph Goebbels uh, to to be in Hitler's inner circle. So those four people that you mentioned, that is Hitler's absolute inner circle. Mm-hmm. You had Joseph Goebbels, who was the propaganda minister in the in the Office of Enlightenment, which I find to be an interesting title. Uh, you had Hermann Göring, who was the leader of the Luftwaffe, which is uh, the German Air Force. You had uh, Heinrich Himmler, uh, who was the head of the SS, mm-hmm. right? So you had you had those. Who was the other one? Goring's oh. a scary looking motherfucker too. I'm looking at him. I mean, he looks like just a murderous motherfucker. You know, Hitler kind of looks like a twat to me. Well, um, you know, Goring was actually a gentleman soldier, believe it or not. Really? Uh, yeah, he was. A, he was a hero of World War One. He was a fighter pilot. He was an ace, and uh, yeah, he uh, very well schooled, spoke English quite well, French, all the all those languages. Isn't that uh, weird? Like these alpha male looking dudes are like the kind of like the nicer ones. Cause like, you know, a Goebbels too, he looks like another kind of a pussy dude. He's wearing a top hat in the picture I showed you, just a real kind of skinny guy. And then Hitler is kind of uh feminine too, you know? So it's just a weird little dynamic that they got. Well, you know, Hitler was kind of a little bit of a, oh, I won't say he was a war hero during World War One, but Hitler yeah, was- Yeah, we got to be war- careful, right? He was, he was a World War One veteran. I mean, I, he received the Iron Cross, so- I mean, mm. that's that's something, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, but all these guys were pretty bad actors, but they all came from very humble beginnings, except for Goring. Uh, Goring, I want to say, was educated in military school, finest schools in Europe, and uh, just a really, really smart guy. Uh, but all these people were, I mean, there was others uh, in Hitler's inner circle. You had Rudolf Hess, which was uh, the deputy Führer, actually, in the beginning, who actually... Uh, kind of flew the coop later on. We talked about that in our first episode together. He flew to Scotland to try to make a deal. Uh, and then you had uh, Field Marshal Keitel. There was, there was quite a few that were in Hitler's uh, inner circle, but, but Himmler, Goring, Goebbels, that was the, the inner, inner sanctum right there for Hitler. And, uh, and Goebbels was a sickly child growing up. So, so to see, to see him, you know, rise to the power position that he did uh, was quite interesting. It's quite an interesting story that leads up to that. Uh, we can go over that real quick, just real briefly. I'll just do a real quick synopsis of it. Sure. But So Goebbels was born, his parents were both Catholic, Roman Catholic. Uh, Goebbels was raised in uh, Catholic school. So we had that Catholic indoctrination going already. Jesuit so, stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, di- I didn't see that, but but I didn't look that deep into him. Like like in his very beginnings, that part is. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it had a part in you know the role that he played and the person that he became. But uh, but yeah, he was a sickly kid. He had lung issues. Uh, he had a club foot basically, and uh, people used to pick on him, and kids used to you know really give him a hard time, which which I think added to his complex uh, little big man syndrome as yeah. he got older. Right. But, uh, but anyway, so, so the thing is where, where Goebbels comes in with mind control and he comes in with propaganda is that uh, the not, and this all started in the early twenties. Like when people think of the Nazis, they think of the beginning of world war two, which was in 1939 through the use of a false flag, not to mention, uh, that they used as a reason to invade Poland was a false flag. And, and that's is this all the Reichstag? Know. This isn't the Reichstag, right? The Reichstag was before that. That, okay. that was their first false flag uh, where Hitler actually came to supreme power. 
because Hitler was appointed chancellor of Germany uh, before he appointed himself as the Führer, which okay. is uh, however that translates to like ultimate. supreme leader. It would be supreme leader. Yeah, there you go. That's perfect. So uh, so anyway, so Goebbels, uh, you know, had an interesting upbringing and things like that. And 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 he went to really good schools. He went to Catholic schools and things like that. So when he got older, I, I think he already had a little bit of a feeling of being a victim of propaganda and a, a victim of mind control himself, uh, as uh, a lot of people that go through the Catholic system uh, end up believing, right? Indoctrination, yeah. Yeah, indoctrination for sure, uh, which is another thing we can talk about the Prussian school system briefly later on. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so when he when he in Hitler, uh, you know, finally hit it off, uh, Hitler gave him some low level appointments, you know, to do with. Uh, Basically to do the media, you know, the, the control of the media, the state run radio stations and things like that. But they but they did this very, very slow. And when you make the parallels to what they did in Germany, to what's gone on in the United States, uh, you know, they did this over a 20 year period or a 25 year period in Germany. Uh, actually, about a 20 year period uh, to be to be more accurate. So this goes back in the United States like 50 years a hundred years, right? So, so you know, Goebbels really came into it like the early 30s, like 33, 34. I want to say it was 1934 when he was appointed the uh, Minister of uh, Propaganda in the uh, Office of Enlightenment. It might have been uh, a little before that, but but he actually joined the Nazi Party in late 1924. So that just shows, you know, how long they had this, this uh propaganda and this mind control theme like in play do you like, know off the top of your head ron when the nazi party was founded the nazi party was founded in 24 or 25 wow okay so he yeah. was right on board yeah he was on board real early yeah he might be a little off on years but I'm, I'm pretty close okay yeah so so the nazi party was actually a banned party like like they were banned they weren't allowed to have me they weren't allowed to do anything in in, in, in germany at that time so so it was later on that the nazi party actually you know as hitler was getting more popular and he and he brought in other popular people to boost his popularity and then he got that overturned so he was able to uh you know have the nazi party come out into light they didn't have to be underground or anything like that uh and i want to say that was uh 28 in 1928 they were they were allowed to start doing their thing in public again. Yeah. And so to be clear, were they banned because they their ideals were right off the bat talking about a supreme race? Or did they kind of hide that through like the propaganda? Well, I think they hid a lot of that in the beginning. Okay. Uh, and, and we were going to get into that with some of the newspapers that they controlled and some of the radio yeah. stations that they controlled. So, so, th so they did this very slow. It was like uh, what I like to call the the boiling frog uh theory right it's a big, big so, fan favorite term right there yeah oh yeah yeah so and, and that's exactly what they did so you know so as as the nazis got stronger of course you know we don't want to get into not like like pure nazi history here you know we're just yeah. you know kind of touching on the mind control part of it yes but sir. Uh, but that was huge with the nazis like like simple things like uh their posters their propaganda posters their anti-semitic posters all used heavily heavy use of the color red uh, as as an attention getter for the people to draw their attention, uh, and this is why the Nazi flag was was red with the swastika in the middle. 
And is that rage? Is it to cause rage when you're hearing the word Jew or Jude, as they call them, and you see that red color makes you angry? Or is it simply to grab attention? Because I know that red color vehicles get pulled over by police officers more just because they stand out. Oh, yeah. In my business, we call that arrest me red. Uh, But but, but why do why do uh, uh, the dudes with the bullfighters, the matadors, the matadors use a red cape? to attract the bull's attention. There's, there's something, there's something about the color red. Uh, I, I don't think it was a rage thing to begin with, with the Nazis. I think it was more of an attention getter type of deal. Okay. But, but of course, you know, later on it became a rage thing because they saw, you know, these anti-Semitic, uh, anti-Semitic signs and they were all in red letters and they showed lots of blood and how the Jews were bleeding the Germans of their wealth and, and all, and all that. So that's just like one example of, of the use of color for mind control when you're trying to uh, turn the, turn the masses your way, as far as the way that you're thinking. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so, so it, it did take, uh, it did take Goebbels very long to, uh, to get himself, uh, you know, into Hitler's in Hitler's uh, view to get known to Hitler. You know, and you got to remember the, the Nazis were doing uh, that was national socialism is what the Nazis were pushing. And they were fighting against, the communists, because the communists were trying to take Germany over. Uh, and again, this is, you know, another reason they they tried to tie the Jews in with the communists, you know, calling them Bolshevik Jews. So so now they just took a race that might have just been Jewish. And now they labeled them as Bolshevik Jews, which Bolshevik was communism, right? Because the Bolsheviks uh, were the ones that took uh, took Russia over. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the uh, late, uh, what was it, uh, 1919? The they staged revolution. a serious revolution, too. Oh, well, yeah, they took out the Tsar and his whole family. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, so 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 Hitler had this, like, this was on his radar to make sure he could get rid of the communists and get rid of the Jews at the same time by grouping them together. Like, like and these all have parallels to what's going on in the United States now. So, so they're grouping uh, white nationalists uh, white patriots, you know, the use of the Christians. word patriots. Christians, the, the use of the word patriot now is deemed to be, you know, a bad thing, right? What, they, what they're saying, anybody that has a patriot on their title, on their Instagram or their Facebook or whatever, they're going to get looked at a little bit closer. Yeah, you know I, I mean? think it, that the New York or the uh, the New England Patriots, are their time is limited. That yeah, you team. know, that's going to that's gonna be really interesting uh going forward on that but you know that's that's a story for another day right Uh, but 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 what it is is uh the use of certain words certain colors uh certain uh, ideologies that the nazis were pushing forward that uh, with their with their type of socialism because communist socialism was different than nazi socialism right nazi socialism was uh you can actually say it's almost the same thing, but they had the subtle differences that Hitler wanted to make sure that he had control of. So now he's made, who's he making his enemies? Bolsheviks, Russians, German Jews that lead to the Russian communism thought process and things like that. So now he's lining up all his enemies. Now he has to turn the opinion of the people of Germany against these people that are deemed his enemies and i'm fascinated of how he did this well he started out doing it with his book mein kampf okay right right which he wrote when he was in prison uh with rudolf hess 
Uh, he he uh, got sentenced to prison from his uh, little coup attempt that's in Munich that's called the Beer Hall Pooch. Uh, but he only ended up doing like nine months. So so they released him. You know, that, it was just something funky there. Was he released? Because he's a Ross. He's a Rothschild, Ron. Well, I was just going to say that. Was it was it because <laughs> they knew he was a Rothschild? It, it, maybe they were pressured by the Rothschilds, you know, behind the scenes to let him out of jail. I mean, now, we just simply don't know that. But it's a of course. So was Rudolf Hess? Was that the Jesuit that helped him write the book, or is that a separate theory? Because did Rudolf Hess get assassinated? Rudolf Hess did not get assassinated. Okay, so, so that is a cover-up story for something that I heard to be true, where a Jesuit actually wrote Mein Kampf. Um, Hitler took it over and said that he wrote it with Rudolf Hess, and then they killed off this uh, uh, guy that actually wrote that book in the Reichstag uh, attack. Okay, okay, so that's an interesting angle that I would really like to look into, okay. because I did hear other things that there was actually – uh, a Jewish person that actually, uh, a Jewish person that hated Jews, you know, figure that one out, that actually uh, gave Hitler the idea for the book Mein Kampf and kind of said, listen, if you get this book out, you know, you could say you wrote it. I mean, it had a lot of Hitler's ideals in it. Uh, and this will make you like hugely famous, wow. you know, win the hearts and mind of the German people that are all in the same thought process. Right. So, so Mein Kampf was huge. So he was able to finance his movement uh, partially by the sale of Mein Kampf. They had sold so many copies internationally. Oh, wow. So, I, I mean, I don't have the real numbers in front of me, but they sold a lot of copies. I mean, you can go right now down to the bookstore and buy a copy of Mein Kampf to this day. Yeah, for sure. And I'm assuming that you've read it, Ron, because you're so well educated in this stuff. Do you know why... Mein Kampf would have had such a power to, as you say, win the hearts and minds of the Germans, and I'm sure a lot of international people as well. Okay, so it's been a long time since I breezed through Mein Kampf. Uh, I actually had several different editions of it, and believe it or not, both of them were a little different. The translation sure. was a little different. But but basically, it, it, it's pretty much an incoherent book, really. I mean, I read a lot of books. I mean, this book had no flow to it. It was basically just a uh, like a a journal of his hate speech, uh, you know, what wow. his plan was for the future, how the Jews were uh, uh, through the use of cinema, through the use of radio, through the use of movie, uh, well, cinema movies and all these things uh, and how the Jews were controlling the monetary system and all these things and how, oh. and how that they were uh, kind of at fault for going along with the French for the treaty of Versailles when uh, when the Germans had to surrender the First World War, they got hit with a lot of reparations that they could not afford to pay. Uh, they lost a lot of land, uh, you know, had to give up a lot of land back to other countries, which they was their purpose to get back in World War Two. And because right? so, Germany was going through some serious hardships right before the huge, huge depression. Yeah, huge okay. depression. Uh, they, they call it the Weimar, the Weimar Republic. Uh, where it cost thousands of dollars to buy a loaf of bread, it cost thousands of dollars to yeah. buy a I mean, I mean, these people were messed up. Everybody was out of work. And, and I'll tell you what. So I had a customer that was born in Germany. Uh, she's probably in her 90s, close to 100 right now. But she was born in uh, uh, in Nuremberg. And she. And we've had discussions about this when I was running the local historical society. And she was saying when Hitler came to power, he was a godsend. Because everybody loved him, everybody had a job, 
her father actually would get up and go to work every day, come home with food and money every day. Mm. So he said it's when she said it's when he got later and got maniacal. And, and I and I feel kind of mind controlled by his inner circle, to be honest. Wow. Uh, I I think Hitler was actually mind controlled to to pull off these atrocities because I'm not really sure he could have done that on his own. Just my personal opinion. Well, no. And I mean, that's a solid opinion. And so like what you're saying here and like, you know, listing those things that you just cited as far as like, you know, everyone having like an economic boom after he gets in, but he's also blaming this, you know, minority group of people for the problems. Again, you listed all those problems, Treaty of Versailles and all these things. This, so he's putting the blame on this group of people. And this is why their country is so fucked up is because this group of people has forsaken their land and forsaken the people that aren't part of their group. And we need to get rid of them. And if we do that, we can, we can make, uh, you know, Deutschland uh, more, more successful. That's exactly what's going on right now exactly with that Patriot movement, on. the yeah, Patriot exactly movement, dude. And yeah. but do you do you also see the comparisons? I know that you're a Trump supporter. I was a Trump supporter. I can take them or leave them now. Do you see? Well, the I think I'm right. I'm just for clarification, Ryan. I think I'm pretty close to that too because uh, we would let down a path of roses and got nothing. So yep, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. so like my what I was getting at is is I actually really see the comparisons of Trump to Hitler. I'm not saying that they have anything in common, but I can see why. Um, you know, Trump was a great president. He did some great things for the country. A lot of people, I mean, my mortgage, I was a new homeowner in that time period. Uh, my mortgage had dropped like $30, you know, and my mortgage is pretty cheap. Um, but that's better than it going up $30. Gas was cheaper. Um, black unemployment was phenomenal. There was a lot of good things that are, that were going on. And so he kind of was to a lot of people, a godsend, as you said, Hitler was by this lady's words that lived in Germany. Um, that you can see why maybe if he were to continue going, why they would paint that picture. Now, I don't think that he was going to put anyone in internment camps, which Joe Biden is talking about that right now. They want to put people, Andrew Cuomo, who just resigned today. How about that shit? Um, yep. You know, they want to reeducate these people and they want to take them away. But go ahead. I'll, I'll give you the floor here for the rest of the time, man. Well, they want to reeducate people that are life lifelong patriots, like people, yeah, like yeah. Me, people like me, people like uh uh, like-minded people that, for instance, listen to our shows, right? So, yep. so the whole conservative movement, uh, and, and not all conservatives. I don't think we should group everybody together, but you, you there is a core element of, 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 uh, hardened patriots, like people that are just really, uh, and maybe that in a sense, that's just, uh, and I said this the other night on my show or on another show that maybe we're just, we're the ones that have been indoctrinated. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, when you think about it, so, so, and, and not only that, but indoctrinated by the Russian, uh, the Prussian school system, which is German, right? Which we, we could talk about uh, a little bit when we get a little bit further. But, uh, but getting back to Goebbels, so, so Goebbels, uh, you know, uh, there's this, there's this thing that has a thousand quotes of Goebbels, right? Uh, you know, everybody says if you tell, if you tell a lie enough times, it becomes truth. Well, that's basically paraphrasing what Joseph Goebbels said, right? So, so tell the people what you want them to know, say it enough times to where they're going to believe it. So what are these terms that we're getting now? This is right out of Goebbels playbook, right? What's the, what's the big one that we've been getting right along? Safe and effective. That's one. Now what's the new one we're getting? Breakthrough cases. 
these are all these are all terms that the, mocking, that the mocking dirt bird media repeats and repeats and repeats until everybody says oh no those are just breakout cases okay uh okay that's just uh yeah that's you know not the vaccinated people you know shedding out the, the delta variant or whatever or even if this delta variant thing even exists i mean they have no test to prove that it exists right yeah but but the point is the media uses all this right uh what was the one during election no credible proof of fraud uh, and not Trump, only that, Ron, but the, the most secure election of all time. I mean, oh, yeah. that is gaslighting on another level. Yeah, but but this all falls under what Joseph Goebbels said. Tell a lie enough times that it becomes truth. Was it and him to one example? Was it him as well that said that uh, small lies are the ones that need to be covered up, but large lies uh, take on a life of their own and they become truth? And was that him that said well, that? Or... Well, well, something along those lines where... Uh, a, a lie that is so fantastical, right, can be accepted as truth because it's so fantastical. And if you and if you take a little lie, well, ah, that's that's you know that's that's just a lie. Nobody's going to believe that. It's a little. And those lie. need to be explained. Those little lies, but the big lies do not. Yeah, which we're getting lied to on a daily basis right yes. now. And, and this is why I've been getting back into the whole Joseph Goebbels saying the Nazi thing in the last year because I see direct parallels to what's going on in the United States. Ever since this COVID thing begun, uh, I think that's actually how you and I started our discussion and how we got hooked up in the first place was chatting about something, something along those lines. Yeah, because we started the podcast right around when uh, COVID was breaking out. It was, you know, unfortunate timing, but, you know, it, it helped uh, get the message out of the show. Um, but yeah, man, you're right. I mean, we were talking about how they are just attacking our health. Um, in a serious way on, in all kinds of different manners and lying to us. Um, I mean, it, it's crazy, dude. And and the way that you're drawing the, the comparisons and, and, you know, we're not the first ones to compare, um, you know, the current day uh, government here in the U S to the third Reich. And one thing that you said that, that I got to give you a lot of credit for um, which I'm sure you're not the first to say this again, but still pounding that home is such an important thing that the United States is the fourth Reich. And we, oh, yeah. the, the Nazis didn't lose the war. They just rebranded. This is the paperclip and the rat lines, uh, all this stuff that, that were going on uh, back then. So, yeah, dude, I mean, you've been right over the target constantly since be, even before you started your show, which is Wicked Planet, a great show. Um, we're not Thank quite you. done yet. But I mean, yeah, I mean, anyone listening here needs to absolutely go check out Wicked Planet because you don't just talk about Nazis. You talk about all kinds of very relevant current event type stuff and it's it's a lot of things you know your your um your co-host and your producer there uh what's his name buckley yeah he's a good guy he seemed like he's educating himself a lot on this stuff younger dude um but yeah i mean it's important to really pound these messages home man uh but yeah let's continue on um for the next 10 minutes here with uh with the comparisons okay. that you've got. Okay, so the so okay, so another comparison with Goebbels, right? So yeah, Goebbels was very good at inciting anger in people to make them start riots in the streets, riots in bars, us against them. It's the same thing that's happening today, and it's been happening for the last year with all of our peaceful protests that we had last. In January sixth, man, January sixth. Yeah, too. January sixth. That's just the. You want to talk about the biggest crock? January 6th insurrection. Then people down there in Washington 
They don't want to see a real insurrection where but Patriots that, yeah, get yeah. tired of this. But that's what I'm saying is that like the Democrats and the or I don't like even like using that term, but the leftists, the, the one world government people, they are using that one six event as they as like a Reichstag type thing. And I think that they had the playbook and it didn't get as dramatic as they wanted, but they're still running with that narrative that it was it was a, it was a modern day Pearl Harbor. You know? Yeah, well, I think they had the, their narrative all, all in place when they decided they were actually going to let people back and in, back into the Capitol. And that's what they did. OK, the Capitol is our house like we own that house. The Americans own the Capitol building. So, you know, in, in this video. OK, so we won't get too deep into January 6th, but these videos of them. Letting people through security, waving them in, yep. moving gates those, to yeah. let people in. Yeah. So I think what happened was the left was really planning on it being something that could have gotten out of hand, something that could have ended up with gunfire, something that could have ended up being very deadly. And it just didn't end up happening that way. Well, think uh, but, about, they still, but they still had to stick with their narrative, Ryan. They couldn't go yeah. back on the narrative. And that's part of that mind control program. I mean, that is a page, like you said, out of Goebbels' book. And, you know, all those freaking Second Amendment supporters. No one got shot from a patriot. You know what I mean? What are the odds of that? So they probably, like you said, they they absolutely uh, thought that it was going to be a war, and uh, and it didn't happen. The lack of those things happening just blew their narrative. Yep, yep. Just completely destroyed their narrative because the Second Amendment people prove that they can own guns and be responsible with them. Yeah, you know, and not and not just be a brash like a, you know, they were they were planning on a bunch of MK Ultra people coming in there shooting up the place, right? Yeah. That's what they were planning on. People freaking out. That did not happen, uh, and that didn't happen in other uh, Second Amendment type things uh, and protests around the country. That never happened, yeah. right? So, so, but I mean, let's let's look at some other parallels uh, to what we're getting today: modern uh, modern censorship, modern book burning. Uh, you got Jeff mm. Bezos who runs Amazon. I guess he stepped down as CEO, but it doesn't matter. Jeff Bezos is still in control. Yep. Now there's certain books. So I did I did just a quick search on Amazon today for certain books that I know I had in my wish list, like for the last couple of years. Because I'll get books, I'll just put them in my wish list, and when I think about getting them, I'll go ahead and order them. Those books are no longer there. Wow. Where did those where did those books go? So that's modern day book burning. And, and let's face yeah. it, Bezos, contr- Bezos killed Barnes and Noble. They killed uh, uh, Borders. Uh, There's probably still in the process of killing books a million. So, so I'm saying, uh, you know, so now that now this one company is in control of what you want to read as far as history goes, uh, any, you know, interesting subject, uh, conspiratorial subject that you want to, those books are starting to disappear. That's you know, digital digital book burning. That right is there. such a good point to bring up, Ron, because I, I, you know, uh, younger generations use Amazon for all kinds of products. The last of which is books, right? I mean, a ton which of which is what they started out with. Exactly, they made the Kindle, and that was what I was what I was getting to is that like the, you know wh- why would this company, um, you know, make a digital reader? Uh, when they they sell everything, I mean, they sell every damn thing that you can think of and uh, cheaper than you can get it anywhere else, too, because of their, you know, it's, it's capitalism at its finest, honestly. But when you get these people really doing what they're doing, um, hijacking, um, you know, doing digital book burning, if you can have books like audiobooks read to you, how much easier is it to edit an audiobook than it is to edit books that are already sold to people? You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's yeah, a great can, point to bring up. Yeah, the narrator can just leave that part out. Yes. Uh, and here's the thing with Audible, right? Audible's owned by Amazon now. 
<laughs> of course it is. Damn, it's been owned, it's been owned by Amazon for quite a while now. I mean, I, I mean, did not know use, that. Yeah, you use your Amazon logon to to go on your Audible.com. Holy I shit. listen. I download probably three audiobooks a month. You know, because I just I I saw I'm like a sponge man. I I get on a subject and I just soak it in, like soak it. I just started a book yesterday. It's twenty eight hours long. Damn. So so that ought to be interesting. So so there you go. You got your you got your uh, digital book burning right. Yeah. Great you got point. People, people, people speaking out on uh, all your social media platforms, getting censored, getting banned. Uh, all it takes is some uh, somebody to report one of your posts or their fact checkers are, you know, the CDC fact checkers, which are actually uh, the Facebook fact checkers are actually paid by the CDC. So there's no collision there. Right. Yeah. Let's spend some time on these fact checkers, man, because there is there is absolutely something to be said about. I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard of um, lead stories, the Facebook uh fact checkers um alan duke is the owner but there's a great episode and i've mentioned this a few times on my show where alan duke is being interviewed by steve bannon and his crew and oh alan duke's staff of lead stories the fact checker for facebook had almost all of their staff has donated to dnc to the dnc okay. to yeah. different candidates not one has re- donated to a republican which there are snakes in the republican party but how are you going to have a fact checker that sides with one political party, right? I mean, it's it's just it's not that is exactly part of that third Reich type shit where you're just okay. Getting... So all right, so that's exactly it, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. So so if they control, and this is what the Nazis did, they ended up slowly taking control of the media. They didn't do it overnight. They allowed they allowed other media companies, cinemas, filmmakers, all those things do their thing. And then they would systematically censor this, systematically ban that. And before you know it, over a five-year period, now the only thing you're listening to is Nazi radio, Mm. which we can get into real quick, Nazi radio, Nazi newspapers, and Nazi movies. They control the narrative. And they also use the Prussian school system to do that. They control the narrative and that's exactly what the left is doing here they are controlling the narrative how they own all the big newspapers jeff bezos what's he own i mean everything washington post uh washington post yep then you got the new york times the new york post even the boston globe now i'm the boston herald uh cnn all your all your ABC, NBC, CBS, all your regular broadcast channels, all your online, uh, all your news channels, like the ones that we grew up with, right? CNN, MSNBC, even Fox. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, and for you sure. have all these news agencies. They're all controlled by the left. They are and, controlling and, the narrative. And you've got to get them young too, right, Ron? So the same guy that that founded and owned, I don't know if he founded it, but he he definitely owned CNN. He owned Cartoon Network too. You know what well, I mean? That was Ted Turner. Yeah, Ted and, Turner. Uh, Ted Turner, who's a, a huge, not only is he a eugenicist, yeah. right? Hardcore leftist, hardcore Democrat. And he's the one that he owned several uh, Turner Broadcasting. Yeah. He owned TBS. He owned TNN. He owned one of the one of the music channels. He owned CNN. VH1, I believe. Maybe. Uh, yeah, but it was one of the country ones. Too. Oh, I CMT. Think, uh, no, no, no. I think it was TNN was a country. Uh, that was uh, a country music channel, TNN, uh, years well, a, ago. A lot of people think that he he uh, 
commissioned the Georgia Guidestones. Well, that is a theory that we've been looking into. I think, and I think that makes a lot of sense yeah. because that's a guy that has uh, uh, he, he's based out of Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, Georgia Guidestones are not far from Atlanta. And it would make sense that he had that kind of money. I mean, that would be chump change for a Ted Turner. Yeah. He's right? a, he's a globalist globalist too. Like you said, he's and who's he, who's he, who was he married to? Uh, don't tell me a Rothschild. Jane Fonda. Oh, yeah. Hanoi Jane, who used to speak out against the American army during the Vietnam War. Big time propaganda. But you know what, though, to her credit, that Vietnam War was bullshit. You know what I mean? It was, and I've been learning a lot about that. Something we should get together and do a show on. I'd be happy to, man. My, my it's uncle actually, actually mind-blowing stuff that doesn't come down to the communists like at all. has nothing to do with communists. Oh, yeah. So, One thing I'll yeah. tell you real quick. I, I know that we're, we're uh, wrapping up here soon, but my uncle went and fought, and when he was going out to fight, he got in his care package by the government a pack of cigarettes to go out and fight. So when he would get addicted to them, because you're getting stressed the fuck out when you're out there, you're smoking cigarettes, you come back and guess who's getting paid off of your fucking sickness when you're older, medical industrial complex, right? right. And I know you smoke. And I mean, like, I, I, I drink more alcohol than I should. I'm not judging anyone that likes smoking. But yeah, no, I mean, just giving it to these kids that are put d- deliberately in stressful situations. What do you do when you're stressed out? You smoke. I mean, like, that's the thing. So it's just, it's sad, man. And not only that, but the troops are, uh, troops are given uh, amphetamine pills. Uh, I I have a uh, ex-army ranger that's going to be coming on the show uh, telling us about some experiences he had in Iraq and Afghanistan, like some hairy stuff. Mm. Uh, he's the one that was telling me the story. Uh, we're going to go over that a little bit. But but the Nazi soldiers were all jacked up on amphetamines, methamphetamines. And this is what made them lose their empathy, which made them into crazy killers. Right. So, so they were using mind control on their troops to have them. Don't care about the people you're going to kill. You're going to go out and kill all these people and you're not going to care about it. And this pill is going to help you do that. Used as, as the guys that this pill is going to help you stay alert. This pill is going to help you, uh, you know, uh, not fall asleep. You're not going to get tired. You're going to be, you're going to be a blitzkrieger, like a hundred percent blitzkrieger. Right. So, and so, and that was marketed under the name of Pervitin and Pervitin was nothing but methamphetamine. That's all it was. But, but you know, uh, Charles Manson did that, too. He gave his his subjects drugs. It was for a different cause, but he never took the drugs, but he gave his subjects drugs and and made them carry out his own agenda. Well, I think you'll find when when, uh, you get more into your uh, this series that you're doing, which I think is a great idea, Ryan, you're on the right track with that. Thank you. Uh, I think Manson was a was a product of the Tavistock Institute one way or another. Yeah. So. So, I mean, even even in Nazi Germany, like they uh, Goebbels ordered all these radios to be made by the thousands. And his plan was to have a radio in every house. It was actually called the Volks uh, Volks receiver, like the people's receiver is what it was called. And it could only get Nazi channels. They were (laughs) not allowed. They were not allowed to because they were they were dialed in to only, you know, take take reception from from this transmitter. Or that transmitter that you couldn't tune into BBC with it or or uh, whatever America's radio that was on at the time. Like you couldn't tur- you couldn't tune into that. But if they caught you with a radio that you could tune into that with, that was punishable by death. Man, anytime so- you hear the people's something in any kind of organization or gadget, like the people's uh, army in China, uh, the people's radio that Volk that Volk radio, whatever it was. That's not a good sign. I mean, like, that's part of it, too. They, they sit there and they tell you that something this is for the people, but it's for the government, man. What's up is down in their eyes. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and what do you where do you think the Volkswagen was? It's the people's the Volkswagen wagon. was the people's car. It well, the and then car. to your to your Prussian thing, we don't need to spend it, uh, too much time on Prussia because I covered that pretty extensively. And this, you've got something crazy that Volkschulen, where the bottom ninety four percent of kids went, was the people's school, I, and that's very interesting. I did not know that Volks meant the people's. Um, yes, but yeah, that's a that's a fascinating thing because you know there's those three tiers of the Prussian system. You get the the you know one percent of kids going to learn how to be leaders. 5% learning how to be in the middle and then uh, the bottom 94% or whatever it was to learn how to just follow systems. And that forms a fucking pyramid. Okay. So when you talked about the Prussian school system, did you talk about the American representative from Massachusetts by the name of Horace Mann? I did not. Let's get into him. Okay. Real quick. Horace yeah. Mann was a house of representative uh, from the state of Massachusetts. He to this day, is synonymous with the education system. So, so Horace Mann started what is what is known uh, as as the Board of Education. What is today the Board of Education? Wow! And we're talking in the eighteen hundreds, like like mid eighteen hundreds, yeah. right? Was so interested. He he was doing studying, and he learned about this Prussian school system. He actually went to Prussia, uh, and when we and for the listeners, when we say Prussia. It's basically Germany or or more so uh, uh, Eastern Germany. Yeah, it was uh, the capital and it was the major part. And it's not even part of Germany anymore. It's like closer to the... the well, Prussia know. actually with the treaty, the treaty of Versailles was actually split away from Germany. Yeah. It was like its own deal. Uh, so anyways, uh, so so he went and he learned this Prussian school system, took their ideals and their way of doing things, which is regimental, right? Uh, all the kids go to school. All the kids dress the same. All the kids sit in rows. You will stand. Uh, you will sit down when, when the teacher comes in, kind of how the court system works when the judge comes in, right? All rise, mm-hmm. yeah. showing respect to your teacher. Uh, like in the United States, like, believe it or not, the Pledge of Allegiance, which I was a huge, huge proponent of, right, in this country, it's just an indoctrination tool. It really is, the more you think about it. So uh, that's, all, that's all for the Prussian school system. Right. Wow. Get all these kids to live by the clock. You get here at a certain time. Uh, you do your schoolwork. You show respect to everybody. You you're all dressed the same. This is where the school uniforms come in. Uh, don't question authority. Right. Don't have any individual thought, anything like that. No, no critical thinking. You're going to listen to what we're going to teach you and we're going to pound it into your head, just like they do here in America, mm-hmm. where you learn the same shit in fifth grade as you did the fourth grade as you did the third grade. It's just at different levels. It, school in the United States is, a is, joke. An, is an indoctrination system. And the school system that we have in the United States now is a direct descendant of the Prussian school system because Horace Mann brought that back, lobbied it in Congress, and made it, made it the approved way of teaching through the House of Representatives right? Got the Board of Education in line. So now when you got all these teachers unions and everything, they're causing a fuss all the time, mm. causing us all this money, which is why our property tax is so high, right? So, so but we're getting off track. So, so now everything that you see in this system is the Prussian system. And Horace Mann even started his own like private school system. Now, when you talk to teachers, like, like everybody knows I'm, I'm in the auto body business, right? And I fix vehicles when they've been wrecked. 
and I deal with a lot of insurance companies. There's actually an insurance company called the Horace Mann Insurance Company. And what it is, it's an insurance, an auto insurance company where teachers can buy their auto insurance. Wow. So this guy is like a like an educational god in this country when all he did was bring mind control, propaganda, and indoctrination into our school system. If you act up in class, what do they threaten you with? You're going to get a demerit. Detention. You're going to get a detention. You're going to go to the principal's office. As an adult, gonna, you go to jail, right? You're going to get suspended. Yes, these are all the things. You're going to get suspended, which means take a week off without pay. Go to the principal's yeah. office. You're going to go in front of the HR department. These are all directly the same. That's and that's incredible. They, they, they wanted to have, as George Carlin said, who was an absolute genius, one of yeah. my biggest mentors in the comedy business, right? And I know we're not getting into comedy tonight, but everybody knows that I'm into that. <laughs> they wanted to produce obedient workers. Yeah. And that's what the school system does. And then when you get out of high school, what do they want you to do? First thing they're going to do, predatory loan for you to get a student loan to go to school that they know you're going to take 10 or 15 years out of your life to pay back. Of course. Yeah. For it's job, insane, man. For jobs that no longer exist because of COVID. Ron, I don't know so how whole, I missed this. This whole, this whole school system needs a total revamp. And that's why and that's why they don't like people that say they're going to homeschool. And now you've got people coming in talking about these mask mandates and now pushing the vaccines on the little kids. And now what do you got? You got people like saying, well, if you think you're going to vaccinate my kid or if you think my vaccination is going to be mandatory for my kid to go to school or it's going to be mandatory for my kid to wear a mask on the bus in the school on the play yard. I, you know what? I'll fix this. I'll just homeschool them. Yeah. So they make it as difficult as possible for you to homeschool your kids, because when they're being homeschooled, those are the free thinkers. Those are the critical thinkers. Yeah. Buckley. Buckley was homeschooled. Well, so was Brandon, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, <laughs> you know, so, but I, I hear what you're saying. You're absolutely right. He, uh, Brandon does have a unique uh, set of knowledge. Um, Ron, I, I don't know how I missed. What's this guy's name? Hudson Mann? Horace Mann. Horace Mann. Okay, so yeah, he yep. is to the education system what Wilhelm Wundt is to the psychology system as well. Fascinating, dude. Um, yeah, uh, I appreciate you hopping on. Plug your uh, information just for all of the listeners here to uh, find you if they haven't already, which they should have. But uh, yeah, plug away. Wicked Planet, what's up? Okay, well, they all know I got my start on The Dangerous World, thanks to Ryan and Brandon. Uh, I really miss all our shows. We we did did, did 25 shows together or something. We did a bunch. Uh, Yeah, I had a great time. Uh, You got me started in this. I'll always be thankful for that. I'm just glad that you uh, invited me on so we could actually get together again. I mean, I mean, we I know we go on. We were just all on a swap cast the other night. We do a lot of shows together. Yeah. But but it's nice to interact just one on one with you and me or and I kind of miss Brandon, too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I always I always like Brandon's point of view on things, even though I didn't agree with it. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So so I'm uh, everybody knows me as Ron from New England. You can find me uh, the, the, the big one I use is Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ron from New England. And you can find me on Instagram at the Wicked Planet Podcast. Go out there, search it out. Just give my page a follow. I got some pretty cool content I put out. Uh, we're up to about uh, 20 something episodes. So we're moving right along. Uh, I want to say the first time I was on Dangerous World was episode 42. 
Uh, so you guys were kind of in your infancy as well. But uh, but anybody wants to check out the Wicked Planet podcast, it's everywhere you find your podcast. Spotify, Apple, Google, Podbean, you, you name it, it's there. Go check it out. And don't forget to go on altmediaunited.com. All of our shows are there. Dangerous World's there. Legit Bats there. Wicked Planet's there. Uh, Deep Share, Paradigm Threat. All the cool shows, all your cool hosts that you like, we're all there. Go check it out. Uh, Ryan, thanks for having me on. And, uh, and I, and I know that we'll be talking real soon. Yeah. We, people don't know. We like, we talk every day. Yeah. So, yeah. So, no. So yeah, man. Cool. I really do appreciate you hopping on kind of impromptu here, but you're very, very smart when it comes to this, uh, third Reich and, and how they're tapping into our way of life today. And so Ron from new England, I got to thank you a million times. I respect the hell out of you, man. And I love the show. You. So, um, yeah, guys go check him out, uh, at wicked planet podcast, wherever you listen to your shows, guys. So clearly the Nazis ran a similar program to what we're doing today, or I should say it backwards, right? Like we are emulating what the Nazis are doing. Uh, and, and it's crazy. I mean, Ron back in the day was saying that the United States government is the fourth Reich of the Nazi regime. And I think that as time moves on, more and more people are starting to see that. I mean, Ron is, has always been, uh, you know, a, a researcher of the Nazis. And that's why I wanted to bring him on to talk about that was simply because he knows more than anyone I know personally about that stuff. So, um, I mean, make sure you check him out, man. Awesome, awesome show that he does. But it's not only like militaristic type organizations there's also these companies i mean disney netflix uh amazon as we mentioned um all kinds of different organizations but one that no one talks about is fashion how fashion can really kind of set the stages and lay down some pretty insidious predictive programming and you came across something that was pretty interesting and uh kind of scary at the same time i did uh I am always sitting there on Instagram, like scrolling through stuff. And they always send everyone ads, like everyone knows. And I usually get fashion ads. And I noticed that the new cool hip thing, because it's winter almost, and everybody's pushing boots, is like a fanny pack on your boots. <clears throat> it's so weird. Like, it looks like the first thing I thought of was ankle bracelet. That's what I first thought. And or ankle monitor. And then I thought to myself, hey, wasn't it just like a little while ago that all the celebrities were like, can everybody thought that all the celebrities had ankle bracelets, ankle monitors? Yeah. Oprah, uh, Ellen. I mean, a lot of these uh, people that were really outspoken about their critiques of Trump. I mean, it was, it's interesting if you look it up. So Prada was the one that really started that, right? Yeah. And um, what's super interesting is Prada came out with the first ankle bracelet boot in ankle monitor yeah well it looks like an angle monitor but it's like a fanny pack boot and it looks like a hitler boot like a uniform boot with a fanny pack on it and it came out in december of 2019 so like right before 2020 right before lockdown right before all the celebrities got locked down with ankle monitors well it's not only the the fact i mean the fucking name of the shoe is the monolith 
what is it, the monolith leather and nylon lug sole combat boot it looks like a nazi boot with an ankle monitor in the form of like a small fanny pack it's fucking weird and and i mean they're 1700 dollars essentially right <laughs> Yeah. They're expensive as Prada shoes, but Prada comes out of Italy as well. I actually thought it was out of France. I'm not very educated on fashion, uh, <laughs> believe it or not. But I mean, there's a lot of weird esoteric ties to Italy. So, you know, there's the theories that these Italian banking families are the richest of the world. They're just not reporting their money. Um, so I don't want to spend much money uh, or much time. Yeah, much money. I don't want to spend much time on the shoes. Ooh, about Italians being the banking thing. That's why in Game of Thrones that Bravos was the money capital of the world and most of them looked Italian. Hint. Sorry, I'm kind of a Game of Thrones geek. That won't happen again. Well, they look like Mario and Luigi. Or yeah, what do you they, mean they, they look- all like looked Italian. They kind of spoke like it said. They all were like up. They just like their whole city looked Italian. Like it ancient was- Rome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. It's just weird when you start looking at. Like, it's just this... influences everywhere. It, well, the, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it, it, you know, shoes can be predictive programming in a sense, like especially when they're so unique. Like, I'm not saying that Yeezys are necessarily uh, the influential shoes. You know, Kanye West has some serious uh, inside information and he was exposing some interesting things actually today. Uh, today being August uh, 10th, you know, about how uh, Amanda Bynes had to relocate to UCLA because, uh, you know, her her mother requested that she go to a safer location, more private location. And he went to UCLA for his uh, little psychic or not psychic, but psychotic laps where, you know, UCLA is fucking weird with, with their psychology program. This is one of those programs that was funded by a student of Wilhelm Wundt, which I mentioned in the first installment of this series, uh, last episode, episode 145. I mean, how much does this need to continue before people start to realize that there is a pattern here, whether it's with fashion, whether it's with uh, just simply celebrities crying out for help. I mentioned Britney Spears early on. Uh, Britney Spears was one of the most high profile breakdowns that we saw, and we see it with Miley Cyrus. Now, Amanda Bynes. No one really cares about Amanda Bynes. No one really ever did. Um, But she's having one of these breakdowns, and it's part of that monarch mind control, which I'll get into in another episode. But, uh, you know, these celebrities really go through some shit. Justin Bieber, you know, he's a big one, too. I bet you Kanye is going to come out with a shoe fanny pack. Uh, it'd be interesting. I mean, there's all kinds of knockoffs, right? I mean, there's ten dollars shoes. Yeah, like I noticed that. I oh, he's been wearing Balenciaga lately, Mm -hmm. and so I bet you Balenciaga will come out with some kind of weird shoe fanny pack because they've been doing masks and you know fanny packs already. So I bet you. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, that that it it was just a, a interesting observation that you made that the that the fanny pack on the side of the shoe looks like the ankle monitors with the whole fascination with ankle monitors in 2020. It's almost like retroactive programming where you're seeing this stuff emulate like you're seeing art emulate life uh, in reverse. And it's fascinating. It's a it's like, a weird concept. When I saw the shoe come out in 2019, I thought, how stupid that looks stupid. That's a little pack that can't even fit a credit card why would you need something like that for your shoe and then in 2020 all this news came out about how celebrities were wearing ankle monitors 
And I was like, that's stupid looking. They look stupid wearing an ankle monitor. And now oh, all so these this shoes, is before 2020. I yeah. thought in, oh, yeah, shit. it came out okay. in 2019. And then they were like pre-programming us. Hey, get ready for this. This is the look of 2020. It's going to oh, be the new wow. look. Wow. I and misunderstood then, you. And yeah. And then all these celebrities started wearing ankle monitors. But and then. Wow. Well, yeah. and so what? So are they sitting there telling us that like people that kind of defy things like they're trying to normalize ankle monitors, I yeah. think is what you're getting. At yeah. Here. They're trying to like. They came out with it before celebrities got caught with them all on. And mm. now they're so popular, these ankle fanny packs that like people, you can buy knockoff shoes with fanny packs on them all over the place. You can buy fanny packs on their own. People to want put that on prison shoes. look. Yeah, dude, it's weird. Hmm. Well, I mean, fuck it's it. We'll see. Programming. <laughs> well, and that's that's the thing. I mean, programming, like I said, it comes on all levels. And uh, my next, uh, you know, quick chat here. With New York Patriot, he talks about it on the secret society level. He is, for those that know him, uh, an ex-member of the Ordo Templi Orientis, a secret society that really kind of uh, was popularized by Aleister Crowley, not founded by him, but a lot of people believe that it was founded by him. However, that's just not the case. Um, Aleister Crowley, very influential in this whole uh, occult world in the age of Aquarius, uh, which he called, uh, what did he call that? The, the, like where everyone was going to become their own God. Um, you know, God was essentially going to be dead in this age, which I can't disagree with, uh, Mr. Crowley yeah, there. He didn't actually say God was going to be dead. Like God is within us all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's and, the thing. Like, like you're living in your own reality. Like, like literally this is your world and I'm just in it. Cause I can't see the world through your eyes and you well he predicted sure he predicted <laughs> that we were all going to be gods in the way that we were all going to have influence and with social yeah. media that is a hundred percent true and and uh new york patriot really talks about that right here so check out this conversation it was fun it's pretty quick but you'll definitely enjoy it fascinating stuff here Ladies and gentlemen, I've got New York Patriot back on the show from Occult Rejects, man. This guy was part of the OTO, and I'm curious what he thinks about mind control in these secret societies. Your buddy um, is is part of uh, the Golden Dawn, or was, I should say. Yes, yeah, the Golden Dawn, and I was the OTO, the Ordo Templi Orientis. Let's spend just a second describing those secret societies that for those that may not know, I think just about everyone listening to this show does. Um, but for anyone, you know, kind of new to the show, what is the OTO, first of all? Uh, the OTO is a secret society that was started in Germany. It was uh, started by Theodore Roos and uh, another guy's name. I always forget his name. Um, it wasn't originally by Crowley. Um, originally, it was an offshoot of Masonry, actually. Um, that is was more focused in ceremonial magic. If you were a Mason, you could transfer over and vice versa. Um, supposedly, that's no longer. And uh, eventually, Alistair Crowley took it over. And then okay. he changed the initiation system. Uh, the whole basis of it, uh, it's like holy book would be the book of the law. So, uh, you know, that one's, you know, so that's like a big difference. But uh, basically, the OTO is a secret society that is based on ceremonial magic. And so, you there's know, like, a, there's like when you go, it. when you join that, like that is why you're joining. You're not joining to like meet uh, cool people that might be rich yeah. or like you know, you like the Freemasons. Like you have a totally different reason why you would join the OTO than the Freemasons. You know, 
Interesting. Yeah, the Freemasons. Oh, I at, would think. <laughs> at a, well, yeah, at a surface level, it seems like the Freemasons are all about like charitable work and shit like that. Where the OTO, you don't see like this building was built by the Ordo Templi Orientis. You know what I mean? You see that. With, no, like, no, not at Freemasons all. Like, if you want to learn magic, come here. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> so then what about the Golden Dawn, which your buddy uh, is is part of your co-host on Occult Rejects? Um, they were probably, uh, I would assume that they were older. Uh, the Golden Dawn, in my my opinion, I think was heavily influenced by Elvis Levi and maybe a few other people. Um, I think they got the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, uh, which is like the bread and butter of every magician's like rituals. Uh, I think they kind of got that. Yeah, so I talked with NY Patriot for about another 20 minutes and then round out the episode getting into Sherry Shriner's strange YouTube cult where a few folks were actually murdered in her name. Mind controls everywhere, people. I'll see you over at patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast.